Life can be cruel, as exotic Joe knows. In the blink of an eye, something's gone. A thing that you loved, that you needed in life, slipped away. You couldn't hold on. Oh, how I wish it were different. Let's imagine how it could have went. A sunnier path with smiles and laughs. Joe Exotic as our president. His first day in office would be something to see, a decree for all of the land. From this day looking forward, our national song will be sung by the Tiger King's band. I'm thrilled to announce a new day off. August 18th each year, okay? For a guy who dealt with more than his share, he was murdered. Yep, Don Lewis Day. Now speaking of Don, we should address Carol, his bitch of a murdering wife. I sent her away to Guantanamo Bay. No parole, she'll be there for life. And all this I hear about weapons. ARs for everyone. And the war on drugs is over now too, because meth is too much damn fun. Life can be cruel, often too much to bear. But a girl can still dream, do you hear? All we can do is just be our best. But until then, please grab me a beer. I'm clapping for that one. Nice. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, home John. run, Dan. Home run. Oh. My goodness. This is episode five of the Corn Tigers, the episodic review show for the Tiger King, Murder Man, and the Madness. Uh, I'm your host, Craig Laporte, joined as always by my co-host, Dan Hurt. That was tight. And hi, hi everybody. Also hi. <laughs> and the Meow Man, the Meow Man, Ty Roberts. Meow. There he is. All right. Everybody, in case uh, you haven't come across this uh, particular show before, welcome. We are an episodic review show of the Tiger King. Uh, Murder Mayhem and Madness, the Netflix sensation. This is our episode five review. If you're just starting here, I do recommend you hit stop and head back to the beginning or any other episodes you haven't quite listened to. Um, we will only be covering everything up to and including episode five. We don't go, we don't do anything ahead of this episode though. So if you've seen the entire show, uh, you know more than we do, but come along for the ride by all means. We hope you enjoy the show. Uh, gentlemen, this episode, uh, I think we can all agree was by far the darkest, saddest, dirtiest thing that we've seen so far. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's pretty rough. It's weird. The darkest? Well, is that because of the? Uh, is that because of the suicide? Is uh, it suicide? Yeah. Does that count as suicide? <laughs> I'm not sure it does. I think uh, I think we'll cover that uh, uh, as part of the discussion around that because I wasn't 100 uh, percent convinced either. But before we really uh, dive into uh, the disaster that was Make America Exotic Again. Uh, obviously, some heavy uh, undertones there in the <laughs> relation to the current uh, climate. But uh, we do get a political story in here that was unbelievable. Uh, let's let's cover all of our, our regular segments. Uh, we're going to start off with Dan's favorite, Escalators, uh, where we talk about anything from the previous episode that maybe we breezed over. Uh, do you gentlemen have anything that you want to escalate? I, I do. Oh, okay, good. Ty, yeah, you go ahead, go I first. Yeah. Well, the only thing I wanted to mention was uh, in a previous episode, we spoke about um, Joe's desire to escape reality and how funny we thought that was. And in this episode, 
we do see more detailed uh, exploration of his bedroom. <laughs> and I thought it was worth doubling back to his escaping his reality because this is the bedroom I expected to see. And I don't recall seeing this room in the previous episode. Now, you guys sounded like you did see it. Mm-hmm. So I want clarification on whether we saw that room or not. We saw the room. Yeah. We did okay. see the room 100%. We saw it from uh, – and, and Ty, for this episode, I stopped and did a detailed inventory of what I saw in that bedroom. So we're going oh, to get Excellent. there. We're going to get there uh, towards, towards the last uh, quarter. That's of this, what people are hopefully. paying for. You know? Now, uh, we saw, if you remember uh, the shot into the room, uh, we saw a shot of Joe rolling out of bed in a previous episode, basically from the position of where the television was, but that's okay. all we saw. And I think right. that robbed us of a lot of so, detail. Yeah. So now that we've seen that detail, is this a paradise or is this something maybe <laughs> maybe worth escaping from? <laughs> oh, How would one boy. go about escaping this time? Well, you'd go out and maybe pretend you had a country music career. <laughs> <laughs> or do copious amounts of methamphetamine. <laughs> yeah, well, amount, that's yeah. part of the formula, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so your standard okay. uh, resort package, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, no, no, I'll, g- I'll give you points for that, Ty. That's a, that's a valid point that uh, when it comes down to the end of the day and Joe is not standing in front of his uh, adoring fans, mm. you know, uh, in a cage with a tiger – um, he's got a pretty sad existence, and maybe he's painfully aware of that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Way, to kick, way to kick us off on a happy note. Dan, what do you got? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know if this gets happier, guys. <laughs> no, I don't think any of this does. This is going to be alert. a fucking barrel of laughs. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, Dan, no, I got what do you nothing, got? Nothing worth noting. No, I'm good. Dan, what you what you want to ask you later? <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm good. Nothing. Okay. No, I'm uh, good. I actually have one, Dan, that in- involves you and your reaction to something that oh. uh, when I did my listen back, um, when we talked about Joe having not having ownership over any of his things, mm-hmm. uh, I feel well, like he fuck. did. He did that very. I thought that he did that very strategically. He says, I don't own anything. I'm not stupid. And I felt like you took that very literally. And I didn't know if you were kind of reading his, his subtext saying like, no, I, he specifically transferred ownership of everything out of his name so mm-hmm. that it could not be claimed as part of a lawsuit. And in that way, it kind of is a smart move, uh, but I, I wasn't sure. sure. I wasn't sure if you were picking that up. No, no, I was. I guess let's take two steps back and say the sure. reason he's in a lawsuit is because he's yeah. fucking simple. Stupid. He's stupid. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Absolutely. You know I mean? Okay. Like, well, I yeah, mean, if we take enough yeah. steps back on any of this stuff, it's always going to be these people are fucking idiots. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. I agree. I agree. So that's all yeah. I have for escalators. The next contribution to the episode is uh, to, to our show here is very uh, unique. We were given a listener submission to uh, of a video that the three of us are going to watch and review here in in real time. I am going to be posting the link to this video mm-hmm. uh, in our chat here. We're all going to uh, click on this. And uh, uh, this is an important Tiger King-related piece of uh, footage that uh, the three of us need to experience and, and comment on. So, gentlemen, if you will click on the link in the chat uh, that I am posting right okay. now. Fantastic 40th birthday, Ty. And don't worry about the number. I hear that 40 is the new 30. <laughs> I hear that you what are a huge fan this? of the show, and you even started a podcast to talk about it. That's awesome, man. Don't forget to add in there that tiger spray smells like butter popcorn. 
<laughs> Lots of love from Dana. And wishing you the very best. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay positive. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy 40th birthday, Ty Roberts. Holy Special hell. thanks to Dana, oh. Ty's sister, <laughs> who sourced a cameo from John Finley oh saying happy God. birthday to Ty. The most jarring thing about this video, if we can get to a Corn Tigers breakdown of it, is that... <laughs> Is that John Finley has the most beautiful full set of fake fucking teeth I've ever seen in my life. Ow, and wow. it's like they're in the way the whole time. <laughs> they make it difficult, yeah. How much does a John Finley cameo cost, you think? I didn't, I didn't look into it, but uh, I oh, thought about checking. That'll uh, be in the I post episode. The post, yeah. the post wrap there. <laughs> well, Dana, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, Dana, the rest of us appreciate it. Yeah, Dana. Dana, that was a home run. I'm a big fan. Wow. That's like through the looking glass here, gents. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of this. No, so, neither do I. So, I'm in shock. I'm wondering I'm gonna, if if he's right. actually being detained by Al-Qaeda based on the whole setup. <laughs> I don't think they'd let you have toy alligators. Uh, in uh, Al Qaeda, this guy's got great energy, though. You know what I mean? He does. Great energy. He does. Wow. I have a lot of questions about this. I don't know yeah. how many of them are this good for the podcast or not. Something else. Tyler, all good. <laughs> if I can escalate something from the video, uh, <laughs> a callback, a callback to last episode where uh, John says that the meth, or is it this episode? The the meth messed him up. Uh, uh, and still hasn't messed up at the time of recording of the show. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to hazard a guess that it still has him a little messed up. He does <laughs> tell you to stay positive, I noted, at the end of the video. And I'm quite sure that he would test positive for multiple things uh, if wow. we were to uh, test him uh, at the time well, of shooting John, this video. I, I'm going to make it my personal goal for this episode to be as positive about everything we talk about as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy is this the wrong episode oh wow that's wild though thank you dana yeah. <laughs> thank you dana all right so that's it for uh that particular uh, section here we did get another listener email in a uh, section that we're retitling uh g's mail because it's g-mail. another email from giselle uh, who you guys might remember sent us an email uh, well, you guys might remember we worked with her a long time ago, right? Yeah, remember, well, that, she well? she was one of Ty's top ten favorite managers there. Top ten. <laughs> from, I think I have this from right. that store, from that yeah, store yeah, specifically, yeah. top ten. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of in and outs along the way. Who knows? Um, you know. Giselle wanted to know. Uh, her email says, "Will you continue your analysis of the episodes if you go back to work before you have finished <laughs> watching all of these?" Uh, Giselle, we're all gainfully employed presently, but uh, tragically. It's, it's, you know, I'm glad that you think that we put, well, some of us might put so much time into this that we couldn't possibly balance uh, our careers and our family life and still put out such a high quality product. Uh, she Although also it is says, becoming more difficult by the week. It certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, she also says, Don, her, her husband, uh, and I love the real life sounds in the background. You guys are Don wonderful. is listening to this? Don is listening. <laughs> Giselle, if you could wow. do us a favor, can we get Don to download these on a separate device? It really yeah. helps our yeah. analytics. <laughs> How many devices do you have? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no free rides on this podcast, okay? Yeah. Everyone gets to, everyone has to download it. <laughs> and, 
if you both have your own cell phones, please uh, download it separately so we can accurately track uh, listeners. Uh, Dana also told me the same thing though in uh, in setting up uh, this little fiasco with the John uh, with the John Finley fiasco? video what that uh, her and her husband both listened while they work from home. Uh, I also instructed her to download from separate devices. Uh, oh, good, 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 yeah. good job, Greg. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that's more for JBs than anybody else. Uh, they need to hit as many ears as possible. And is this a question for you, Ty? Do you feel uh, is this a, a classic Giselle backhanded compliment where she says, uh, "Also, Don and I love the real life sounds in the background." Is this a knock on your editing? Probably, um, but that's okay. I'm, more, I'm like, so happy to hear that Don is listening that I really don't care about the backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, wow, that display you guys set up is really nice. I never would have thought to do one with no attachments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's so sad. Now, that's, a page out of, that's, a, that's a page out of John Finley's book, I think. That's just looking at the positive. Yeah, we're just wow. staying positive here. Yeah, that's right. Um Alrighty, guys. So let's uh, let's uh, move into the episode. We're going to repeat our uh, super successful uh, reading from the book of Dan. Uh, mm. Once again, IMDb has been thrown out the window. Dan Hurt, do your magic. Episode five, Make Meth Great Again, brings completely expected tragedy to the GW Zoo. Joe finds out 19% of voters in Oklahoma are clinically brain dead. And Travis's mom is the maid of honor at Joe's fifth wedding. <laughs> Beautiful. There Beautiful. We go. Uh, you got the title wrong, though. Your title is better, but you did get the title <laughs> wrong. It's Make America Exotic Again. Eh, uh, I was tomato, hoping tomato. it would have to do with dancers, but uh, it turns out it didn't. They already have plenty of dancers. Okay, guys, let's dive in. Uh, I wanted to specifically start this section of No, review, Craig, hang on, hang on, review. Craig. I believe you've missed the phrase, it's tiger time. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> it's tiger time. It's tiger yeah. time. Let's kick it off. <laughs> um, I do want to specifically uh, start this section, uh, ironically, with the very last words that are said in this episode, I thought could not more perfectly sum up what's going on here. Those words are, oh, my God. I mean, it was sort of funny when they started, but it's really gotten dark. <laughs> so, I, you know, watching. So, you know, we usually watch. I think we all watch multiple times, right? You got to watch yeah. one for just your mm -hmm. like, just watch it, see what the hell happens, and then I watch a second time for notes. And sometimes I go back and kind of like just look at the script, or I'm trying to look in the scene, see what's going on there. And so, each time, I just got like, oh god, just like grosser and grosser every single time. That's yes. a different approach this time. Okay. I did watch it the first time fully, as usual. But the second watch where I took notes, I went audio only just because of some things that were happening. And it really leveled it off. It took a lot of the lows out and it took a lot of the peak highs out and really gave a more level depressing experience overall. <laughs> You're <laughs> nice. evenly depressed. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the episode where I've harped on this for until from the beginning. We finally got our drug storyline and I felt like what's the what's her name in the major switch i felt like switch in the matrix i was just like on my couch like not like this yeah not like this you know what i mean and like but she collapses joe as a sympathetic figure is completely dead to me and i thought of ty's mm -hmm. uh line from a previous episode i think it was even the first one where he said uh i don't think i'll end up liking any of these people by the end <laughs> and i think he's 100 percent right because the only person who i'm even close to having 
uh, as far as the mains go, I mean, there's some there's some reasonable uh, secondary characters, but uh, as far like as the Gina? mains go, Jeff is <laughs> Jeff's good. Uh, that's an excellent segue, Dan, because uh, one of the first things that I wrote down in this episode. Uh, I had thought that that lady's name was China. And when I had read her name, I always read it as Gina. But I never found that middle ground and realized that uh, Doc had named one of his women Gina. And she was completely cool with it, I guess, and let it happen. Was that the Italian bird? I don't think (laughs) so. His Italian friend? I don't think <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, know. Um, the start of this episode, I felt like it was a bit of a throwaway. This whole chimpanzee uh, birthday party thing. So I don't really care enough to to talk about it. Um, I even started to do some deep dives on on their website about the rarespeciesfund.org. I, I went to their website, wrote some notes, and then as the episode kind of went on, I was just like, none of this matters. Like mm. the, we hit some pretty dark and, and deep water. Uh, throughout the rest of this, so let's just let's just skip over that and kind of the opening tone of the episode and where the last one uh, finished off was basically that the Jeff Lowe honeymoon is over. Um, Joe from prison says uh, it wasn't the zoo anymore; it was nothing but a big scam. Jeff conned everyone because he's jealous. He's a little man with a little dick, and he's limp, and it's and he's bald. And he's got to pay everybody to have sex with him, which sounds a lot more like Joe Exotic than my perception of Jeff at this point. A little bit. Yeah, I feel like there's some heavy projection going on there. I originally misheard that quote and thought he said, and he has a limp because they both have a limp. And I thought it made me think of Joe's knee brace. I'm like, sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. What what has happened with this guy's knee where he's got like literally a crutch and a knee brace some days and other days he's prancing around um, just seems to be fine. I don't know. Years when this uh, show is dissected by uh, hardcore experts. They'll piece together the true timeline of events by Hold whether on, or not Ty. people are wearing leg braces. <laughs> Hold on, Ty. I think uh, I think that's happening right now. No, I mean like you know how you know we mentioned Star Wars an episode or so ago. Dan did, and then twenty years later, somebody figured out that Jar Jar might have been a bad guy. That's the kind of deep level analysis <laughs> okay. I'm talking about. This it's is going to take time and thousands upon thousands of watches and. Yeah, if somebody's really going to break this it's down. It's going to be a thesis. And, and, like this is going to be yeah, somebody's thesis exactly. paper. Yeah. It's gonna, exactly. It's going to be like the university course on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of deep dives. They're going to take just the monkey party that you glazed over and they're going to be an entire class dedicated to that. <laughs> there was a, the monkey part. The only thing that I did highlight was that there was uh, uh, on their website that was pretty heavily dedicated to um, the rarespeciesfund.org dedicated to conservation. There was a, a, a link to an orangutan riding a jet ski. <laughs> seemed a little out of place. Did, did it have a um, squirrel on water skis behind it? It was what is it? Was it a seventh birthday or something like that for one of the monkeys? No, he said it was like a five year old party, but a I don't five, know yeah. if he said. I've never heard that many f bombs at a five year old's birthday party. Yeah, <sighs> Do- yep. ba- Bhagavan Doc Antle is something else, man. Although I have to say, so I, he's not stupid, right? He's a complete creep and a douchebag, but he's not stupid. And he had the most succinct, succinct, and I would say rehearsed summaries of what is going on with the GW yes. Zoo. Yes. Do you have do you have and, a quote on that? Or and they I, all ended ahead? with, in my opinion, yeah, I do. I do have his quote mm. specifically where mm. he talks about Jeff. Actually, I, I can do it. Uh, 
Let's see. No, it's not here. It's a little further along. We'll get there. Yeah, all right. Um, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. So so back to the GW Zoo, though, because, I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about a part that we opened up by saying we're not going to talk about it. We can't help mm. it. There's just so many crazy things that happen in this show. It's hard to just breeze by, especially when your your stated goal is to deep dive and, and hit on all those things. Um, but back at the GW Zoo, we kind of pick up where we left off last episode. And like I said, the honeymoon is over. It's clear that Joe and Jeff – and everyone are, are butting heads. We find out from Saf uh, that when Jeff came into the picture, she says the whole – he says the whole dynamic changed. Joe only cared about one man's opinion and that Hang man on. didn't do anything in the park. Hang on. He didn't clean our- cages. He didn't do book work. Let me finish, Dan. He didn't check in the customers. He didn't feed cats. He did nothing. Are we still relying on – your wife's um, baseless suggestion that Saf prefers a male pronoun. Jem, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, which you're probably not. I'm just Dan. Uh, Dan said baseless. Never because, once. You can listen back to every our, episode. What's our source here? Did I this say is... baseless? My source was a post-it note handed to yeah. me by my wife, who okay. I love right. and yep. is my partner in oh, life. Yeah. Now we I'd are. like to also uh, enter the baseless camp. My, um, my- <laughs> uh, but we we're introduced to two characters here uh, yes. in this section. The uh, Alan, right? Alan Glover, the handyman from the GW Zoo, right. that brought oh. in by Jeff yep. uh, to be his uh, his to lead be a plant. handyman. Yeah, or mm-hmm. a plant. Yeah. And we're also introduced to sort of a fat guy who looks like the villain from every weird 80s sci-fi oh, um, who's like a, a, who runs a strip club. Like James, a Garrett, fat James Garrettson. James Garrettson was my predicted hired killer from episode one. Remember I said there was a guy who was never named and oh. I thought he might be the guy? I went back. No. It's James Garrettson. Uh, nice. So my prediction is going to end up being 100% wrong. <laughs> my mind is still blown though. So they, so those are your, those are your two guys, Dan or Ty. Okay. So we're introduced to both of them. Yeah, uh, my favorite of the two is uh, definitely a strip club runner. He is a character and a half. That's one hell of a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> a big thing that we find out about with with uh, from uh, John Rinky, uh, when Jeff comes in, he fires half the staff. He walked them out the door, and he called a couple of them fucking faggots. Hmm. Which, based on the makeup of the current staff. Seems like a uh, like a fatal move. Like you're never wow. going to recover from that. When the the owner, the previous owner, the guy who's still the figurehead leader of this place, is in fact a, a gay man who lives there with his two husbands at the time, and you're yeah. going to come in calling people slurs. Well, um, there's always that. There's that famous South Park episode uh, which tackled that topic, which we probably shouldn't get too deep into the weeds on, but we can debate what he meant. But it was real. It's truly. I mean, this is a power move. This is just a thing that you do when you hostile take over a place. You just mm. can half. It doesn't even really matter which half you can. You just go in there, blow away half the staff, and um, basically piss on everything. It's a power move. I used to do it at all the stores I managed. <laughs> <laughs> was that did, was that a did G coach you on that? Was that her suggestion? Yeah, that's one of her signature moves. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> Thank God none of us were there when she started at that particular store. We would have been <laughs> cut immediately. Jesus. No question. Hey, um, is it so just yeah, me or is, is John Rinky becoming everybody's favorite person in this show? Like he yeah, just seems like not a complete creep. He has a he has a seems like a good head about him. He seems to be good humored. You know what I mean? 
and cool legs. So, and my impression of him is that he's he's removed from the situation now. He's kind of got that same tone that we were getting from uh, Kirkham, where mm. he's kind of I, I feel yeah, like he's, he's more openly discussing something that happened in the past that he's not yeah. he's not still in the poop, so to speak. He's he's so he can we be a little to, more open about it. I think we have to remind ourselves sometimes that this is not the original footage. This is right. The, it seems to me like these interviews took place after an arrest. Yeah, but this is only like two Potentially. years ago. Fair enough. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, if, if we're interviewing all these people trying to tell us a story after Joe Exotic's been put in this, this slammer, their perspectives for the sake of saving face could all be different. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily like, agree with you. And I'm going to jump uh, – you know, against my own better judgment to the the third from last note on my very last page from this episode. Wow. It's the filmmaker, Eric Good, talking on the phone to somebody saying, I just interviewed Jeff Lowe. Hmm. And the uh, entire time he had incoming calls from federal agents over and over. And he told me that Joe's going down. It's over for Joe. You're right. You're right. If you if you use the jail, I just mentioned the arrest. If you use the arrest as the definitive marker, correct. But there's, I mean, this whole this whole episode is about the fall of him. And if you think about it, I mean, last couple of episodes have been about the fall of him. Really, I don't know. I just think that um, when I'm listening to these guys talk, it's probably worth just having it in your head that uh, you know. You say you, you you talk about a guy who everyone knows is lost. No one's going to talk about him like he was ever a winner, really. Uh, I think Saf gives him a decent amount of uh, fairness. Mm -hmm. You know, from what she thought he did right to what he did wrong and when sure. he did wrong. But I don't really hear that even handedness from anyone else too often. Yeah, so. she does seem like the most empathetic towards Joe and kind of his situation. And that uh, mm -hmm. you know, he obviously made a lot of choices that. Uh, others wouldn't make but she's like hey uh, it's it, she kind of has that seemingly that approach that it's hard to judge someone who has to make the decisions when you've never you're never going to be in those shoes because i mean it i think we got from episode one that at least at some point at some time this guy this was about the tigers in the zoo for him and his brother and i think you know drugs and obsession with things that you shouldn't really care about over time just degraded him into <laughs> and, and then his ego and, you know, it's just, I think he, I think he just lost it. I think Saf described it really well. I think at one point this was a likable guy and I think we liked him when we were supposed to like him. Mm -hmm. And now we don't yeah. like him when we're supposed to not like him. So. Yeah, he was kind of, he was presented as the lovable idiot and they've, and then they spent two episodes making everybody else around him seem like assholes. Mm -hmm. And then they made him leapfrog everybody in this episode and last. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's not in a good spot right now. To kind of jump back to the more sequential stuff, uh, more chronological, uh, Alan was brought in, like we said, and James was brought mm. in. Uh, James was brought in specifically because mm. Jeff says things were going really well in the first year and they wanted, they made some improvements that Joe didn't have the resources to make. Uh, so, and Jeff needed to bring in somebody to help them spend even more money. And that, that kind of raised a flag with me because it's like Jeff's supposed to be the money guy. And if your money guy comes to you and says, hey, listen, I need to bring in a money guy. That's a that's a bit of a panicky moment, I bet. You know what I mean? I think of yeah. uh, it, it made me remember the movie, the Christmas movie Elf uh, with uh, Will Ferrell, where mm -hmm. his dad runs a book writing company, 
a children's book writing company. And he's got this team of book writers and they're going to have a meeting to figure out what their new book's going to be. And uh, the dad sits down with these four writers and they all present them the same idea. And that idea is that they need to hire this writer. And it's like, yeah. that's got to be just a jarring moment when you think that this is your savior and it really kind of reveals him as, you know, obviously something very different. And I think I understand from that aspect kind of where Joe's heavy animosity towards this guy as him being a snake oil salesman. We joked about the monorail last episode. Like that's kind of the only sign that we see of that this time, but it's really early on. But I mean, it's only to a guy like Joe, would this guy come off as a, as anything great? I mean, didn't you guys think it was a loser from the second you saw him? Joe? I mean, even as Joe. Uh, Jeff. Oh, yeah. He's a crazy. The guy barely had pants on. I mean, they were torn to shreds. <laughs> we're doing like this he just again. got out of a tiger fight. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, to, just to sort of um, bring home the point that uh, it's it's Joe's own fault that he saw this guy as some kind of savior. He doesn't come off to me as, I mean, he thinks he's a hotshot. That's pretty clear, but he looks like, he looks and sounds like an absolute moron to me. Yeah. Even his Ferrari, I can't even respect this. He's got one of the crappiest Ferraris I've ever seen. He's driving around the gravel. Like, I what a would, moron. I would happily <laughs> hang on to my Mazda 3 rather than get that piece of shit. That's for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you're never going to have to confront that choice. That, that Ferrari is so a Ferrari that somebody who that. just was going to the dealership and said, give me a Ferrari. What's your cheapest Ferrari? And they said, well, we got this one. All right, I want to tell everyone I have a Ferrari, so mm. I'll take that Ferrari, and that's what happened. <laughs> Easier just to get a Ferrari keychain, you know? Yeah, that's what I – I mean, that would be the economical way of doing what he did. So James was brought in specifically for a $14,000 project, and that project was to open uh, Zooters Pizza and Pasta Bar. You can sit next to real live tigers and have some of the best pizza that Joe makes from scratch, and that's a Joe Exotic promise. How many and what are the key made? things we learn about uh, Zooter's Pizza, gentlemen? <laughs> Did we discuss this on the podcast before, this pizza commercial? No, we watched the pizza commercial uh, outside of this because uh, through watched our, the pizza our, commercial? our chat. Uh, Ty, Ty and I did, I guess. Maybe you did not. Oh, you didn't click on it. One of us said, I bet that pizza's got Walmart meat oh, truck yeah, you're right. uh, on, on it. I'll give you credit for that. Yeah. Was it me? I think so. I couldn't remember. I know one of us said it. And it damn well ended up being true. <laughs> yes. My and favorite, I can't believe it. My favorite progression is Rinky saying they have the best pizza there. And then he says, uh, do you think most of the meat was from the Walmart truck? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made it good. <laughs> then pepperonis was aged. Uh, Alan, Alan does specifically mention the – he calls it the Walmart donation program, which is uh, – it's a small uh, semantic thing, but I understood that they were purchasing the Walmart stuff at a discount. Uh, oh, is no, it donations? I didn't, I didn't Maybe think that, that was, was the case. Change? You thought no, – was, was it donations I, all along? Well, I don't know that it was donation. Well, I, I guess it's a matter of semantics and the words you use, but I don't think they ever paid for it for some reason. I thought they were just paying discount prices. No, not that I know of. Okay. So uh, Alan says that uh, basically Joe – they were trying to expand and to grow bigger and to find new attractions. Um, Alan says that Joe was always trying to be bigger than he was. That's just how Joe does business. And this, I guess he's saying like this pizza venture was kind of the latest. Uh, we do see uh, Joe in that commercial. Uh, I think he was wearing his, uh, what's, oh, what's uh, the auto Je- place? Uh, Seth Wadley. 
I think he was wearing a Seth Wadley hat there. Man, uh, he they was, do all right in this program. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Joe says, uh, towards the end, end of this section, Jeff, sorry, Jeff says that Joe has told him several times, people don't come here to see the Tigers, they come here to see me. Mm. I, I would highly doubt that that is the case for almost anybody. I don't think anybody – I said almost anybody the first time. I don't think anybody goes to that place to see Joe Exotic. He has grown completely delusional and he has you yeah. know, crowned himself the king of his own universe, but he's the only one living there. It's, he's fully fallen off the, you know, the sanity wagon here. He's, he's gone. Yeah, I was he's- trying to come up with maybe some analogs to this in our lives where that might have been the case. Like, was there any personalities we grew up with, like local personalities that were big enough to justify the type of claim he's making? And the, I couldn't think of anything. And then I was at work and there was a TV playing live feed from Detroit, which is the television that uh, us growing up, we would have all watched. Do any of you three remember the name Jeffrey Figer? I yes. dude, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I was just well, gonna say Figer time. And it rhymes with Tiger Time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is still around. Um and uh as uh, larger than life as ever. But that that was the closest got the same haircut as uh as James uh, Garrettson or whatever the hell his name yeah. is. Yeah. It's, I, it just I couldn't think of a lo- more local personality yeah. uh, equivalent that showed up on TV all the time that might draw sure. a crowd. He ran for office a few times, I remember. Yes. He was, a quick oh, uh, yeah. a piece a quick, of work. A quick rundown on Jeffrey Figer. He was the lawyer for Jack Kevorkian. I'm not Googling this. I'm just doing this from memory. Dr. Death. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Dr. Death, who yep. was a assisted suicide uh, proponent uh, yep. who would help uh, people take their own lives. He was, their ve- he was his very public TV lawyer and he would do uh, any interview he was ever asked to, he's a very creepy looking man. He tried to flip Ooh. that. A, don't forget he's a lawyer, Craig. I don't care. <laughs> he he, he I tried mean, to subjective. flip that uh, notoriety into running for governor of Michigan and yeah. was failed miserably, I think, a couple of times. Uh, for those who, you know, listening who didn't grow up in, in Windsor, Ontario and watch uh, Detroit media, um, there's your Jeffrey Figer uh, mm-hmm. quick, quick chat. Well, he's and so actually, big now that he just showed up on the television in Calgary. So, and interestingly, oh, man, I just yeah. put him in our chat thread there with a side by side comparison of him with the Mad TV Stewart character. The look what I can do. The, the oh, giant, you did do that recently, the, didn't the you? giant five year old boy. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it's uncanny how much those two dudes look alike. Yeah, <laughs> no, so and he's, spe- he's running commercials on Channel Four as we speak. Wow, jeez. So speaking of runs for office, the next kind of milestone in the episode we hit, Joe decides to run for president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the 2016 election. We get to see Joe sitting down to film his first announcement video of his candidacy. We get to see his first take. Hello, America. Let's see. Fuck this. Which I think he should. <laughs> which I think he probably should have stuck with. Uh, we don't get to see the actual whole video that he came up with, but we get his slogan, before, which he thinks is just a walk-off home run, Joe Exotic for the people of America. Yeah, he, gets he, he, yeah, he, he is pleased with that. Very. Very um, pleased. We hear from John Rinky. He was pretty floored because Joe thought he actually had a chance in this. And I don't mean to jump ahead 
and I'm not going to get into details, but I have what I think is a big reveal for later. Uh, when this doesn't go well, spoiler alert, uh, and he doesn't become the president of the United States and falls out pretty early, um, he decides to run for governor. And Dan alluded in the uh, in the poem at the start of the episode that uh, there was a 19% vote for Joe Exotic. And we're oh, that gonna, was the book of Dan. That was the book of Dan reading. The, oh, the book of Dan. Sorry. We are going yep. to dive into those numbers later in the episode. Uh, stay, t- stay tuned. Stay tuned. Joe gets some national notoriety when he is uh, featured on Ty's favorite program uh, last week, tonight with John Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite program. <laughs> um, I thought that was funny that he got a big head from being on a show that's like gets the audience of one third of one percent of the United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's just taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this podcast got that audience, I would be happy. But um, <laughs> it's not exactly making it big either. And it's funny that he has that uh, he has that approach, like no. No coverage is bad coverage. If your name is in the news, it makes you feel good. And mm-hmm. I think that's his whole approach. He doesn't care why he's in there because he's no, he knows he's not your regular candidate. He has a, a campaign video that's shown that says, I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I'm broke as shit. I have a judgment against me by some bitch down there in Florida. And all this is paid for by the committee of Joe Exotic Speaks for America. I loved that he wore broke as shit uh, with pride. Yes. I love that. And yeah. you can even hear him later trying to talk to people going, it's time it's time that, that uh, they get people as poor as us in there. Uh, from a certain point of view, that, that actually makes some sense. Yes. <laughs> broke as shit, I think, was his best bullet point in that whole list. <laughs> John Oliver on his show says, Joe Exotic is the candidate you'd really want to sit down and have a beer with, and then another beer. And then several more beers until you're drunk enough to try meth for the first time. <laughs> Not very funny, John. <laughs> That's a C minus. I don't think he knew. I don't think he had any idea how on the nose he was there, uh, mm. you know, to uh, depressing results. <laughs> the guy that showed up um, after John Oliver in, mm. in, the, in the episode – that was a recognizable face to you folks. Yes, no. Yes, it was. I looked up. Is I looked he twenty two minutes? Confirm. Yeah, this hour is twenty two minutes. That's Sean yeah. Majumder. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I recognized him, and it, on the second time through, I'm like, no, nah, I gotta look this cat up. And yeah, that's him. So I mean, he's so this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this hour is twenty two minutes. If you're not from Canada or give a shit about the CBC, you may not be familiar with um, this hour has twenty two minutes, and it's just basically a political sketch comedy show um, on our state-sponsored media. Yeah. What you need to know is that the federal government paid this guy to fly over and talk to Joe Exotic for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if you guys notice at the moment where Joe suggests, uh, let's go blow some shit up. Did you, did you guys notice anything special about uh, what Joe was holding? <laughs> I, I did not remember. It what was a box. It was a box of dude thongs. That's, that's what he was. <laughs> That's what he was holding. So it was a, it was a comprehensive interview, I guess, that they just I need to make room on the shelf. I donated these. Yeah. Episode one would have us believe a, a direct quote from Joe was that the underwear is the best seller in the gift shop. I can't believe he would blow up that gold. Well, he doesn't wear them. I mean, maybe it's true. Uh, well, no matter how much you sell something, you could get ambitious with your ordering, too. It's true. It's true. <laughs> min, min max systems are not easy to figure out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he needs a clip strip uh, somewhere. <laughs> 
we do get uh man we're going heavy today uh on the retail stuff uh we do get an unfinished uh joe quote that i wanted to play a little game here uh Mm. joe exotic campaign finish that sentence dan you're gonna go first i'm gonna read the sentence and you finish it okay i'm gay as a three dollar bill and i'm standing in the cage with five full-grown tigers and lions and i uh i'm i'm running for president i uh, uh I don't okay know. way to go dan jesus I, i'm gonna give you a, i'm writing down my score uh, <laughs> tie, tie you up next do All you right. want me to read it again i get the same one yeah that's not fair that's not what fair to dan uh, I'm gay as a three dollar bill and i'm standing in a cage with five full-grown tigers and lions and i shit my pants <laughs> tigers <laughs> Way to, go, way to go serious, Dan. Like we don't have enough of that in this fucking episode. Sorry. I would like your vote for president. That quote specifically, the, the, the phrase is not gayer than a $3 bill. There's nothing gay about a $3 bill. The, it's 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 you don't queerer. Know it's queerer because queer means unusual in like old English before it was adopted by guys wearing sequins. You know, it was just that. Oh. You're going to get us in trouble, Dan. Why? Dan, I have coworkers that listen to this. I'm just saying. The guy got the saying wrong. He's dumb. He's stupid. Confirmed. Dan, Dan how did you? How did your coworkers handle the horse cock? <laughs> I don't think they know. One of Joe's uh, okay. some, some one of his better uh, political ideas is throwing uh, politically labeled condoms into crowds of children. <laughs> <laughs> so here, since we're getting into the campaign, let's let's introduce Joshua Dial. Joshua has a very a uh, prominent role in this episode. Uh, he lets us know right off the bat, though, that he is uh, not really Team Exotic. He says, I was Joe's campaign manager for about a year and a half. It was the worst experience of my life. Now, it, was, this- it was horrible. 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 Well, horrible. Mama, this is one of these guys who definitely is changing his tune for the interview camera. Oh, He's I don't know. Hundred- when he tries to justify... Well, we were bonded by grief and I had to stick around, uh, you know, bullshit. There's no, he was 100%. Yeah, yeah thank you. He's 100% team, uh, Joe, until the cameras were on him. They're asking him all these questions. He realized he looks like a freaking moron. So he shifts. He's just a guy that's going to well, take you a guys, path the least did resistance. Did you guys catch where he's from? What he, what he did? No. Walmart. Uh, Walmart was, gun, yeah, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. <laughs> he was a manager at Walmart. <laughs> This yeah. is great. It's a manager at the gun counter? Yeah, just the, oh, I didn't know he's a manager. Yeah, he manager. Oh, he's one of our brothers. Yeah. <laughs> he has management experience uh, as a, now a campaign manager as well. He says, when I got the job offer to work for Joe, I was like, you know, what's the job? He said, campaign manager. And I was like, holy shit, that's my dream job. I'm going to take it. I don't care yeah. what it is. He's like, I, I don't care I, what he's for. Yeah. He says, I don't care what he, what he is. And I already knew he was batshit crazy from our conversations yeah. at Walmart. So at that right. point, my sympathy for Joe uh, completely disappears. For Josh. Because, yeah, because, yeah, sorry, for Josh. Yeah, because he has, he's kind of like a Rick Kirkham type character, but he has no viable outcome here. Per- personally or professionally that advances his own cause, right? Like well, he knows he's signing up for the circus. So don't, Spend the whole episode telling me like, oh, you know, I was just trying to help. And, you know, when he listened to me, things went well. You knew what you were signing up for. Like, Yeah. My problem with him is 100% the interview. It's not really – because I could see him thinking, oh, this will be fun. You know, I'll just get to pretend. I'll play politics for a little while. It's just something to do. Maybe I'll get to see how some of the ins and outs of this work. 
And that's all justifiable. Joe's not so he should, you know, he should have uh, kept his distance to some degree. Yeah. But um, but the interview after is where he completely loses me because his <laughs> his rewriting history to try to make himself look a little smarter than he actually is is just a, a joke. I think you just don't like him because there was a scene early on where he's like a big puff off a vape pen. That's that's what I think. You're just not on board for people. Didn't, yeah, that doesn't help you with me. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ty is absolutely uh, anti-vape, but very pro-personal massagers. Um, we do well, find just, out you know, he's handling that the Joe, sponsors, that's all. Well, it, it, good for him. They're a wonderful sponsor. Uh, we haven't quite figured out where all the money has gone other than Ty's expansion, but uh, we'll sort that out after the show. <laughs> The expansion of my house, to be clear, the expansion of my home. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a pump related expansion. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that it's not. We don't know where this money's mm-hmm. going. Uh, we do find out that Joe, for the purposes of his campaign, has changed his last name to Joe Maldonado. He's taking Travis's oh. last name and that he's running as a libertarian to fight, despite the fact he has no fucking idea what a libertarian is. He introduces himself at the libertarian debate with. What I think is a worse joke than the horse cock joke. Oh, I'm going to try to mention the horse cock. This is a thousand miles away from quality so of the horse bad. cock joke. Do you think this they is, cut out any react, any positive reaction from the crowd? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. so really he says, deserve the reaction. I'd like to introduce my wife, but my husband is at home feeding my new baby kangaroo. I always wanted to say that. I and say, then I have, and then he paused, <laughs> and then I have silence. Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Which, in a to, to be fair, is how 90% of my jokes go to. I say something, <laughs> silence, I laugh my ass off. Uh, well, so as long I get as it. you find it funny. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, like he's he's his own audience, right? Um, we do get into Joe's platform here quickly uh, by seeing it on – I think it was on the side of his van. Does that sound right? Uh, we find out he, he's pro-choice. He's pro-Second Amendment. He's pro-prison reform. He's pro-legalizing marijuana. He's pro-free farming, pro-free agriculture. I don't know what either of those last two ones mean. He's anti-government overreach. I'd like to see a candidate that puts pro-government overreach on there. Uh, oh, I think there's <laughs> a few of them. He's anti- Yeah, there's a handful. Yeah, well, well maybe not with the word overreach. Um <laughs> He's anti out of state not nonprofit funding. He's anti cyber bullying. Uh, That's a good one. Anti cyber stalking. These are these are hilarious. Uh, now he based is on a his cyber stalker and bullier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is uh, based on his relationship with Carol Baskin. He tends to suffer most from those two policies. But just generally, I think if you're a politician whose platform does not fit on the side of a van, you shouldn't be in politics. Oh boy. I think that's a good thing to have. If, if it fits on the side of a van, it's worth fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, we do see uh, some some lobbying taking place in, in a, a part of the episode that I didn't really know where it was going. It's in relation specifically, though, to tiger ownership. It's funny how the tigers almost have a backseat for, for most of this episode. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that they're on a tiger zoo. It doesn't matter that they're fighting for ownership or whatever with, with the Baskins. But we, sh- we do see doc bringing baby c- uh, cats into Congress and having yes. pictures taken with a bunch of members of Congress. Another 4D chess move. Yeah. A genius by move. And Carol immediately explains why she's like, you know, you can't approach somebody 
who last week got their picture taken and published with a, a big cat and tell them that it's mean and cruel and have them change their mind and start telling everybody what they just did was mean and cruel, right? Uh, it's a genius move. And, and Carol uh, says, we're not going to take wild animals into public buildings just to make our point. It would absolutely work, though, if she brought a tiger in and it ate a congressman. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. You see? Yeah, she just let one loose into the building. That's <laughs> yeah, a whole exactly. different – that's a different approach. <laughs> I, really, I, I want to see that footage. Yeah. Uh, that's a, just another way of doing the same thing. It works. C-SPAN numbers would be through the roof for the first time ever. Yeah. I don't think her dressing like one is quite oh, doing the job every that time. she needs it to do. Yeah, you know what they dress- need? They need the same people where they got the costumes for when uh, Joe did the protest out front of Carol's place. <laughs> Speaking of the protest, I mentioned during our review of that that I thought Joe had painted on the bullet holes as part oh, of his no. rabbit costume. Those are permanent tattoos, I've noticed. Yeah. We got That's a good look a- at them in uh, episode two, I think, when we were doing – when we had the uh, the photo shoot with Joe and his two husbands. Right. Right yeah, they're on full display there. Yeah. No, and it, and it was like, wait, are those? No. Yeah. He's that guy. There he is. Yep. And if you Google, that's actually a crop photo. There's a way, there's a lot more on display than that in the real photo. <laughs> Have you seen the uncropped photo, Ty? Hashtag share the photos. I don't hope share, to I mean, God don't I'm share wrong the on that one. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure everything's well hidden. You get to see three uh, bike locks tied together in a weird way. <laughs> I've got a. I've also got a, I've also got a, a game later uh, surrounding oh. bike locks, so leave that for now. Please don't touch the bike locks. Okay, physically I, and don't worry. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> so Joshua, Joshua, who I only refer to as Joshua, not Josh, because he never gave me permission. Uh, Joshua <laughs> says that Joe has a lot of char- charisma, and anyone I can get him in front of, we have their vote, which is the most delusional statement. That Josh yeah. makes this whole time. And when we get into the details of the election, you're going to see why. Um, but that is the most delusional statement. It's not out of line with what people in his job normally say, though. But I think that we can give him a little bit of leeway there. I think I people in his position always are, are just spouting bullshit like that 24-7. So from a certain perspective, he's doing his job quite well there. He's not but in his job think, anymore, though. That's the crazy no, thing to me. He's already said it's the worst thing he ever did. But he uh, still's got that on his uh, pretend little political resume that yeah. I'm sure he flashes around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I think there is something to be said for Joe. I Because, I mean, even us in the first episode were sort of hooked in by him. I think there is something to, to the idea that Joe meeting people could have swayed some votes. I mean – I, we we're getting ahead of it, but we know what he got uh, as a result of the governorship election that he was involved Do in, we? right? Do we know? Well, we know at one point in the count, I guess. Yeah. I, I yeah. kind of wrote ends with this percent, but it's not real. I, that's not confirmed. And I didn't look it up because I didn't want to see anything. Mm-hmm. So do you know? Did anyone look that up? No, I know, I exactly. And you guys okay, are both going to be extremely disappointed with how this really? was presented in this documentary. Oh, uh, Did we get misled again? Super misled. Oh, Got to update the book of Dan now. Damn it, Joshua! Yeah. Come on, man. It wasn't Joshua. <laughs> this is all on uh, filmmaker. I I was so Ron I was Goody. so proud of him that he hit the nineteen percent mark. But- this is all on Eric Good. Eric Good uh, misled us huge. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who in episode one, Ty says this guy does a great job of just getting out of the way and letting us. Uh, but then you retracted that immediately at the start. I did. Yeah. Number let's, two. Let's yeah. Get- yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get it straight here. No, that's fine. Um, so as the as the campaign picks up, we start to hear about Joe losing focus. Hey, what? You're not going to give us the number? No, we're not there yet. 
We're not at election night. We're not at election night. All right, fine. That's that's how you keep the people listening, Ty. That's how you keep the people listening. If you say so. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Joe – Jeff tells us that Joe was kind of indicating that he thought his political aspirations – political aspirations were going to bring more people to the park and – Jeff says the opposite has happened. He had actually heard us. Um, he had a sign going up that he was going to run for president in 2020, and Jeff made him take that down. And he told him that the park is not going to fund his political campaign. It's time to get mm-hmm. back on the back to the animals. And I made a note here that this is the fourth person, including someone later in the episode. So this is cumulative. Four people, Jeff, Saf, Rinky, and Callie, have all told us that Jeff's focus is no longer on the Tigers. He's so much into – the world of being Joe and the fights and the conflicts that, uh, yeah. you know, and aspirations that come with that. And almost none of them have to do any more with animals and taking care of them. He's so yeah. distracted. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I kind of want to table an idea here and sure. this, this, I, I feel bad about this because you guys know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Kirkham fan, but, um, this may be his fault because if he didn't show up with cameras and try to create a reality TV show, oh. Joe wouldn't get validation that he's somebody worth making a TV show about that. Somebody else thinks that, you know what I mean? He's always sure. thought that. But now if yeah. somebody else thinks that they yeah. think that he's the golden goose, well, all of a sudden things escalate. And you, you saw a Kirkman talk about that in the episode when like, oh, well, once the cameras were on, he would just do dramatic things to be dramatic. Well, he is a drug dealer in a sense. Uh, fame is a drug. I mean, you can you can tell. Mm. Uh, I mean, everything that's going on right now. How many f- celebrities are falling off their chairs trying to get in front of a camera at home, desperately trying to get some attention in their stupid homes? I know I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and I think I think that is a type of drug for Joe too. He's an addictive guy, or I mean, a guy who. Um, has an addictive personality. Yeah. Am I saying what I'm trying to say? No, not I think really. So. Yeah, I know. I what I'm trying what to saying. say is, you know, he gave him something that, and, and it got bigger, and it got bigger, and it got bigger, and he, and right. we talked about him in front of the um, the throne and how he felt about seeing himself, uh-huh. and then it just sort of hit a peak, and then it couldn't get higher than it than it was at at when he during this political point here, and yeah. then post that. He just falls off the wagon completely. And it's yeah. this exact same curvature of the addiction of any drug where you just reach this critical mass where you can't feel better and you're just chasing the dragon is the expression, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think he got that in a lot of things in life and but fame is one of them. And I think this is just chasing that dragon. He Once he reached critical mass, he couldn't get any bigger. He was in for a lot of trouble. I think and it's it started similar- with Kirkham. Sure. I think it's similar to the uh, the curve that a a baseball player might see. Someone who comes up through high school and is, you know, the the cat's pajamas on their own their own high school team. They go to college, they're amazing, they get drafted by the major leagues, they you know, the sky is the limit, and then they never make it out of double A ball. You know what I mean? They don't make it to triple yeah. A, they don't make it to the majors. Not everybody's gonna hit that. You know, not not everybody goes to the Hall of Fame and the downfall of some of these guys, from what I understand, is just way more dramatic than, uh, you know, these professional athletes who make it because right. they've also committed their whole life to this point to becoming something. And then they find out, you know, they get that idea in their head that every, all of their energy is committed to being that thing. And when they find out it's not going to happen, uh, the downfall, the, the, the void in front of you 
can be horrific. Like you hear about some of these mm-hmm. minor league baseball guys just like going through severe depression and drug abuse and stuff like that. It all lines it has- up with this weird tiger world. Right. But you got to have that personality as an element to it. So, I mean, that's on and that's completely on Joe, you know, because there's there's guys in this type of world like uh, you guys know, I like Dennis Miller. This is probably the best mm-hmm. example I could come up with right now. He's a guy who had, was famous and then is got a lot less famous. He's, people still listen to him, but not nearly as much as before. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about it um, and he doesn't care. And it's yeah. obvious he doesn't care. He, he was happy. He was famous when he was famous. Once he kind of got out of the spotlight a little bit he was totally fine with it but joe's not that kind of guy joe can't joe was not going to be fine with being removed from the spotlight and this is i predict this is what will cause trouble for him later i think that if he i think this is the biggest reason he's in jail at the end of the day what tigers are to joe exotic uh jokes with the tigers and euphrates in the punchline are to dennis miller (laughs) Uh, he's just lousy with them Lousy. Yeah. <laughs> so we get uh, kind of an odd interruption in the middle of this uh, segment where we see video message number 113, where Joe believes that the staff tried to set him up to be killed by a tiger because he's trying to film a video and a cat gets really into his boots, um, like excited by and curious about. And eventually it grabs his boot with his foot in it. Joe starts smashing this thing over the head with the cane. He even has to pull out his revolver. And for a second and a half, I thought he was going to shoot this thing in the face. I thought we were going to watch him kill a tiger. Uh, but it turns out he just shot next to it. He fires mm. a couple more into the air to get away. He, he says that his belief is that the staff put cologne on his shoes, which sounds weird to any. Can I stop this here? Yeah. I want a pin- I want to know what you guys think is do you think he's right on this or do you think that um, this is just something that happened the tiger just caught a sniff, sniff oh sent us something goofy I don't think anybody did this to him was I guess there is foul my play? most I don't think there was foul foul play I'm not saying his and? boots didn't smell I'm, like cologne no I'm open to the idea for sure Plus, yeah, me too. and nobody ca- nobody went in there, which maybe yeah. that's normal. Maybe they've got a whole thing where it's like, okay, shit's going Seemed down, stay out. But it does seem And what also weird. I thought was weird about this segment was Joe is telling the story. This is one of the times where Joe's actually speaking from jail, recorded phone conversation from mm-hmm. him from jail that he's talking where catch. he's talking over this. So I, I this did look weird to me. It seemed weird. You know, this obviously goofy things like this seem to happen a lot on the park. I mean, the, he's wearing a knee brace in the time this is happening. So this stuff but, happens. But what I will point out is that we do get some very relevant feedback from someone with experience in murder. Uh, yeah, Carol, that's what says, I <laughs> Carol says, if you were going to, you know, she says, if I were going <laughs> to. You yeah, know, she says, yeah. if I, I is underlined. Did this you know. bitch is a murderer 100%. And then she says, 100%. Somebody, yeah. She also says that with perfume, the cats just want to drool on it. And I was like, that's a strange yeah. level of knowledge, right? That's like, I don't know. That's like yeah. someone saying like, hey, listen, if you give a monkey a calculator, they're only going to do division. They don't want to do calculus. It's like, well, I don't fuck, think a tiger's just drooling on anything. That? Yeah, no, exactly. It I, makes no I, sense. No, I'm guys, I don't want to be in a position where I have to defend Carol, but I think I, I, I oh, believe you it. it. You're a loser. I, no, I, she's a terrible person, but <laughs> so she, de- there's a lot of volunteers, right? So there's always new people. So I imagine there's, they've got all the ins and outs of this sort of stuff. What you do wear, what you don't wear. 
Uh, I, I bet she knows that for a fact. Why would you believe her? Uh, and there's, certain, there's certain things. I love that she says, if you wanted to kill him, Carol should never begin a sentence with, if, if I you wanted gonna... to. Yeah, if I were going to kill somebody. <laughs> Many people think there's a whole family that thinks you killed their dad. Yeah. <laughs> this you is shouldn't a, ever begin a sentence that way in your life is, ever again. This is her version no. of OJ's book, If I Did It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut, Carol. Yeah. Uh, so hey, did you guys hear that noise? Ooh. No. That means it's time to thank our headline sponsor, JB's Personal Massager's Warehouse, Windsor's exclusive home of the new Shamrock Shaker Personal Massager, for the new low warehouse price of only $29.95. And for a limited time, get a $5 off coupon for the Shamrock Shaker by purchasing a combo three chicken shawarma plate at any participating Windsor area shawarma safari. Hey, massage fans, for over two months, JB's Personal Massage's Warehouse has been there for you, and we always will be there for your personal massaging needs. During these challenging times, JB's Personal Massage's Warehouse asks that you remain at least six thingamabobs from staff and other customers while shopping in our spacious warehouse locations, and to carefully follow wild traffic in the direction of the Shamrock Shaker decals adhered to the warehouse floor. Lockdown got you feeling depressed and gloomy? Grab a Shwarma Combo 3 and a Shamrock Shaker for your poonie at JB's Personal Massage's Warehouse. Back to you, Craig. Very well done, Ty. Very well done. Uh, do we have a, a – is the thingamabob a metric or an imperial measurement uh, just so we can provide a conversion for international I don't listeners? know if it's exactly a foot apiece, but it just seems like they're just trying to make the social distancing guidelines fun. 305 oh, millimeters. context, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, if you're not sure how far six thingamabobs is, you could always just uh, get the bulk discount and purchase six and carry them with you. <laughs> there you go. I think they do Welcome it here to, this is the new as well. Huh? Listen, you're going to start seeing this in a lot of advertising. This is the new to normal. Well, I appreciate the JBs being so socially conscious and uh, just trying to help out people out there during these really crazy times. Them and their poonies, really. Look, uh, they, they've been around for two months and they're always going to be there. Great. It's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh where were we? Uh, I think we're getting <laughs> into the section proof business. I think we're, so, yeah, we're getting into <laughs> we're getting into the section where uh, Joe starts to acknowledge uh, the trials and tribulations of being a gay man who has clearly married two straight dudes. So John tells us that Joe is very controlling. Um, he basically would not let uh, John Finley, uh, the star of uh, early in this episode, off of the site. Uh, to go visit his family in Texas. If he did go from Oklahoma to Texas, he had to return the same day. Uh, Dan, you lived in Texas once. Is Oklahoma yep. very far? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's right next door. It's just north uh, northeast, and it's possible. I mean, it depends where his parents were in Texas. You could do that. Well, it depends also where they are in Oklahoma, but you yeah, could do yeah, that in a day potentially. Texas yeah. is sizable. If you were uh, fairly far south, that could be quite a spent quite a, a nice little weekend in uh, in Broken Bow, um, Broken Bow, Oklahoma. It was great. Oh, nice. Beautiful country, yeah. Great episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Broken boat. Check it out. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so, so, so. Listen, guys, uh, you already mentioned it, Craig. I, I have to just – I have to check in here with something. Joe Exotic married two guys that weren't gay? Yes. They were at least a little gay. <laughs> well, I guess you ain't that gay or great that straight. Joe has a specific quote where he says – 
he laments falling in love with straight guys, but he says that there's not too many gay guys in Winniewood, Oklahoma. And I made a note that apparently everyone is just two servings of meth away, though. <laughs> yeah, is, are really? they, though? Uh, man, meth must be amazing because I don't think – I cannot – look, I don't know. I just – I'm old school. I come from a time where if you had sex with a guy, you were gay. Have we reached out to the meth people to see if they want to be a, like a secondary no. sponsor? Uh, yeah, I'm going to – no, 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 no. Okay. okay. We're doing well. They don't need us. We'll, sh- we'll shelve that. We'll shelve that one for now. Um, Saf points out that John and Travis were both 19 as we have – covered you know ad nauseum when they met joe and at 19 years old a young man only wants one thing he wants to party have fun live it up no tomorrows um we find out that from joe specifically that travis didn't even really work at the zoo he just kind of lived there and he lived like a the life of a 13 year old he just he rode his four wheelers he shot guns at the river um No, no, no. He had a job. It was, it was, uh, it wow, was Travis's. that is one uh, messed up 13-year-old. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like, like, he had no responsibilities is what Joe tells us, that Travis didn't really work at the park. Uh, that's his words. And he just kind of went and did whatever he wanted. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he woke up as a kid Thanks. on March break for years. And then it was bedtime and he did some stuff he didn't want to do. You know, oh boy, I, yeah. I do want to qualify this one second though, because um, we do find out later in, in the spoiler alert, the eulogy that it was Travis's job <laughs> to make Joe smile. So that he so he did have a job which which apparently often involved taking his balls out and rubbing them in Joe's face. <laughs> his golden nugs. His golden nugs. <laughs> You know, you, know you know we love them balls. I want to say balls like he does, but I, I practiced and I can't. Them balls. Dan, I when can't. we were watching – when I was watching the funeral, I had a thought. I mm. wanted to know how similar or dissimilar this was to any backyard weddings you've been to. <laughs> Surprisingly close. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis, Travis was trapped in Winniewood. Uh, Jeff tells us he's a boy from Cali, from Cali and Joe kept him pumped full of weed. To keep him from waking up and realizing this isn't a life yeah. to live, we see a picture of Travis sitting in front of twenty-four pill bottles and three sizable bags of Oof. drugs. Two of them are white, and one of them is green. Oh, That's boy. bonkers. I don't know what the white drugs were. I don't know if it was meth or heroin or whatever. Uh, I've luckily have zero experience with any of those things directly. It was it was crazy to hear and to see. The, yeah. the level of drugs. Uh, Travis has been mostly absent from the show. And again, I know I harped on, I want to see this drug storyline. I want to see this drug storyline. But I think I understand now why it was never directly front and center. Like this guy was just, he's probably just in a coma most days. I thought there was mm-hmm. days he didn't leave his room. Like he just slept it off. We get Joe acknowledging. He says, I've had my days of Coke. I had my days of drinking and I had my days of meth. To get somebody to acknowledge on camera, Joe Exotic or not that they've been doing meth, to me seems like a pretty huge, uh, pretty huge step. Not in this world. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get a very telling interview from John Finley, who is clearly at this point, uh, based on his tone, even though we haven't found out yet, it's clear that he's gone. Um, John Finley says, meth was the main one that we did. It was really starting to fuck me up in the head. And I mean, I'm still kind of fucked up in the head from it now. When Travis came around, Travis would smoke his meth. And 
based on the video we watched earlier in this show, uh, I agree that it's still potentially fucking him up. Yeah, I'm sure he's, I'm I was sure just he's a thinking, really I can't sweet believe, guy. But I can't believe this guy just wished me a happy birthday yeah, an hour ago. That is <laughs> bananas. I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> So we get and we get the next appearance of Tim Stark, one of my personal favorites, because this guy comes in and he is uh, he's high percentage, uh, you know what I mean? He he, mm-hmm. he rarely is a light contribution. So he says, "I guess Joe was smart enough when he walked up, he saw a young boy, and thought, hey, he's on meth.' He'd say, come here, I'll provide you some meth.' I like that he says provide, like it's it's very uh, <laughs> it's very fatherly. Uh, I'll give you everything. You come over here and marry me. So I guess that's how Joe did it. Yeah, it sounds simple when you break it down like that. And we find out from James that Travis, this is when we start to get into the they're not they weren't really gay and mm. weren't actively living an exclusively gay lifestyle for both of them. We find out that Travis always wanted to go to the strip bar with James, uh, but Joe wouldn't let him leave the property. And uh, James says that Travis told him with his own mouth that he wasn't gay. We hear from Rick. Rick says John Finley came out and said, "Look, I got to tell you, I'm really not gay." I've been sleeping with the girl at the front desk and got her pregnant, and we're going off to get married. That's Amber? Amber, yes. He married Amber. She's a secretary, and she was very close to Joe. How desperate is this chick? Um, just a real quick note on Amber, guys. Did you notice uh, any celebrity doppelgangers that she may have? I did not, no. I, no, saw, I thought I you... saw just a shade of Laura Linney, but... Oh, how dare you, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> It depends on the lighting. Never miss an opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on that note, we're just getting through season three of Ozark, and she is she's still terrific, guys. Still terrific. She's still a solid five and a half. Amber, guys, Amber at the GW Zoo, the 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 front desk reception gal, she is a spitting image for Amy Schumer. (laughs) Sorry, Amy. I'm 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 not. Uh, all right, go have a look. Tell me I'm wrong. It. I didn't see it. No, I I, see I'm it. just going to say I see it because I don't like her Guys, very much. <laughs> we're quickly saying. approaching uh, what I have flagged is obviously the biggest event in the mm. episode. Um, it gets it gets this episode gets pretty dark, but uh, I, I don't think I'm talking about what you guys might think I'm talking about. Uh, John Finley lets us know that he was dating girls, and he says from the time of kindergarten. Until what I thought was the biggest moment of this episode. Uh, he says, Till I graduated. John Finley graduated. <laughs> <laughs> big surprise. Oh, he's making bank now, too. The big Holy reveal. Shit. Wait, do we think that that was like recently like he got his GED or something? Or was it that happened like in the normal sequence of things? No, yeah, I, think, I went to sounds... a kindergarten graduation a few years back. So oh, that's I don't fair. Really know. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> it was a well, middle is- school. Like grade three graduation. Could have been anything. It yeah. is Oklahoma. Maybe that's as high as they go. I don't know. Hey, come on. We got listeners potentially there. Don't be uh, hating on Oklahoma. Lovely show tunes is all I go know. Blue. You won't hear any hate of Oklahoma, any flyover state from this man. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as there are flyover know, states, in, I in love Broken them. Bow, there is a there is a just a thriving Sasquatch community. There's like a there's like a Sasquatch watch. <laughs> community in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Dan, are you, is this supposed to be pro or anti-Oklahoma? I'm not sure which slant you're taking with this. <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's a colorful note is all. Yeah. I didn't know what you he was talking about until he clarified he was talking about watchers and not actual Sasquatch. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> They've all just been hiding in that community this whole yes, time. <laughs> that's where they live. Oh, kind of run tall there. 
Okay. Well, okay. Congratulations to John Finley for having graduated. That's, Thanks, that's guys. That's all. I just wanted somebody to say something nice. Well, you really alluded nice. to it. Really um, nice. Can we move into this uh, gun safety incident that the uh, manager of the gun counter at Walmart got to witness firsthand? I mean, yeah. he's lucky. Most people only get to watch that on the EPK. On tape. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they only get to watch that in the training video. He got to see it live. <laughs> he does let us know it's not like you see in the movie. So yeah. my my section for this particular event was titled "The Accident" with a question mark because mm-hmm. and we touched on it earlier in the episode. I'm not entirely sure uh, was this an accident or was this a suicide. We've I guess now referred to it as both, and I'm not entirely clear. Uh, what are your opinions? Well. Mm. We got the unf- we got the wrong angle, unfortunately, to be a little more informed on this topic. But I, I'm uh, okay with the angle. Yep. Yeah, the uh, and we know that our uh, the guy filming this documentary is a bit of a bit of a douche. So I don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> I don't know that, <laughs> but he certainly makes it seem like both options are possible. I don't know. I, I he he led us down the suicide path a little bit, and he led us down the accident path. So. It's just what, what I you think, think he did about his job Travis. nicely in that sense. I I I think that um, it was an accident. Um, I think it's an unanswerable question. I think it's the, you know well, fuck obviously Dan it's said it a few times <laughs> in this podcast, <laughs> but this is another both. This is another situation where both can be true at once, sure. uh, like Dan likes to say, because mm. it, you can be so depressed that you just don't take safety in your own life seriously and that's sure. not a suicide but it's not a um, accidental death either well, it's, it's just thinking being straight, careless yeah. i mean it's pretty yeah clear i mean think it's straight but i mean the guy's life is hell i mean yeah. you know if he's not gay tr- if he's truly not gay and he's doing what he's doing for he's drugs yeah Oh God! Waking up in that room every day must, you know, must have been a nightmare. Well, now he does Next have both a four wheeler and a go kart, so that's pretty yeah, sweet. No, guys. not believe it or not, it would take pff, way more than one four wheeler. I'm talking twenty, thirty four wheelers for me to get into that situation. Well, you can got only five ride trucks out of the time. deal, so and uh, <laughs> at least one Ferrari that's less than ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> so Joshua describes the event. Let's let's get over the the gritty details here. Uh, Travis came into the office and started complaining to me. Travis was sitting directly underneath the camera, but it was pointing at me. He complained that he was a prisoner, that he was never allowed to leave the park. He wasn't allowed to get a job. All this was true. And frankly, he was upset that he didn't have enough pot. And then we see Travis with an AR and there's no contextual timeline to tell us when this was. He says, this is the last cigarette before I die. Uh, and yeah, someone jokingly, just... someone jokingly repeats him off camera. Oh, Travis, that's you know. We hear one of those guys. Um, <laughs> hey, we have three of them here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua tells us that Travis always pointed guns at people. He would wake them up like that, which is oh, fucking that's weird. Such a dick uh, move. But when he came in that day, he pointed that Ruger pistol at him. I tried to Google whether this is true or not, and there's. Uh, 7,000 references to the Tiger King, but no actual useful uh, answer to uh, Travis says, there's no clip in it. You know, a Ruger won't fire without a clip. And then he says, I was sitting in a chair looking at him when he put the gun to his head. We see the flash. Joshua sits in shock for 21 Mm. seconds. I counted before he appears to say, shit, Travis, 
And uh, my next note is to give us a pat on the back, because that's where you go from here. Um, mm. In episode one, we asked, is someone going to die during this show? That was one of my my questions. Uh, oh. Ty, you nailed it. Yes. So good job. <laughs> hey, uh, Dan, aren't you oh. a loser? Uh, well, oh. it sounded like we tried to get you to answer, but Ty and I were being so hilarious that you couldn't actually get a word in before. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't actually get that a word in. Right. It sounded like you tried to say no, though. So obviously was- you're dumb. I don't own anything, so clearly I'm not. Man. <laughs> also, guys, I need silence for a second. All right, right. Pete Travis. God damn it, Ty! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting. I are thought you were going to bust that up. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this moment was made for me for like the last four episodes. <laughs> You just shit all over me. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Well, well guys, buddy. it was a good run. <laughs> it is the end of Tiger Time. <laughs> Tune in to episode six of the pi- Tiger uh, Court, whatever this fucking shit show's called. <laughs> the Queen Tigers, starring Dan Hurt, hosted by Ty Roberts. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. God damn sorry. it. Sorry. Uh, so in the aftermath I thought of you forgot this, what to say. Stop it. You're not making it better. I'm going to need some JB money to make this go away. <laughs> <laughs> so Joshua um, – You should open up a jo- Zooters. <laughs> I'll just use the compost heap and sell veggie pizzas. Um, so – this is we we get Joshua's reaction to it uh, that Ty already kind of judged him on, and I, I judged him the same way. Where he says, you know, oh, I felt attached by pain to Joe. Um, we do get what I think is the only heartfelt reaction to poor Travis, a young man who, like I said, just stumbled in the wrong direction and got trapped uh, by by Callie. Cowie says Travis was one of the best people I've known. He's like, he was a joy, a joy, an absolute joy of life. And it was the only time that I believed, uh, other than Travis's mother, anybody on the show that uh, seemed like they were really sad. Because Cowie seems like the type of dude who would go and likely bro out with Travis and have a good time. And he reacted like someone who, you know, and spoke like someone who just lost someone who meant a lot to him. Uh, And I can't say the same for what I thought was Joe's reaction. Uh, and we get to the funeral, which we've already uh, touched on a little bit. Mm. Joe sings. Uh, he, he got through the, the golden nuggets ball story for some reason. Um, <laughs> Joe sings a song about himself. That song is autobiographical to himself. That's what he decides to sing at his, uh, you know, his dead husband's funeral. Um, Travis's mother is shown. She's clearly high as a kite. And I don't judge yeah. him for that, but yeah. I, I just I can't. This funeral is so upsetting to watch for all of the reasons it's not supposed to be upsetting. I thought about this too late today, but I was thinking a lot about that song that he sang. I wonder there may be because I haven't looked at that one. I want I'm afraid of what stories in there, but there may, maybe there's a verse about Travis in there. Optimistically, okay. optimistically, yeah. You're you're a big do, man. Do you think, uh, given do you, do you given think Joe the benefit this- of the doubt. This this might be a situation like with Elton John where he rewrote Candle in the Wind for Diana. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Tiger's Rose. 
Yeah. I can see Elton wearing a similar outfit. So. <laughs> they they have similar taste in clothing. <laughs> so we then we we hear for, we hear from Travis's mother who gives. Uh, she's finally separated from the situation. She's clearly back at her own home, wherever that happens to be, uh, outside of uh, the zoo. She's obviously moved on. It's it, it's fresh out. Not moved on. You know what I mean. Like the funeral is is gone, and she's willing to talk. Um, she kind of exposes uh, herself with like a fatal parental flaw. I thought where, uh, you know, she kind of says, "If Travis was happy, I was going to accept it no matter what." And there's got to be a line I think as a parent where you're not you're not just okay with how this is playing out. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is a tough one because uh, it's so, it's super, super easy to just dive into it with her. I mean, I don't think we'd be accomplishing anything doing that, but she's obviously she's got her own issues and we have no idea what they are, but she's, you've already said she looks like she might be, you know, under the influence of something. I'm not sure. (laughs) She just doesn't seem all there. And we don't know why at the end of the day, we don't know why. And I think think we can make some assumptions about Travis's childhood. You know, there are going to be assumptions because we don't know anything. Maybe, maybe we'll find out more, but uh, probably wasn't great. And it doesn't seem like she's in the best shape. And for her to actually show up to that (laughs) thing two months later, (laughs) I mean, what was she thinking on that? Well, like, don't give her a, don't give her an unloaded Ruger, I guess. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she does say that you she think there thinks was money going her way or what? Like, I think there's a piece of that missing. She thinks that Cheryl was uh, obviously acting through all of this, which is uh, kind of crazy to tie together at this point. Mm. No, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to brag on her too much because uh, we don't, you know, obviously she didn't do the best job, but we don't know why. So. Can we can we go she back for a second? Then? Speaking ever. of acting, Joe was wearing a priest outfit at the funeral. Did anybody? Is this? <laughs> do we think that he was he was an officiant <sighs> of some sort, or is he just being a creepy douchebag? Uh, what, what uh, Dan, I can't even believe you. His outfits have become like trying to pick out. A zebra, a single zebra, and I heard of them. <laughs> That's my beat. Like man. I don't even see them anymore. Yeah. I just see his kind of his face, and I'm not yeah. even really noticing yeah. what he's wearing anymore. Yeah, like, no, this, he's gone so off the deep end that my brain isn't even registering it. Like I'm, I'm blown away that you're noticing each individual outfits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. You're, you're I in think, my. Well, I think to, to her credit, that was actually Jess caught that during the funeral because you're watching this funeral and nothing stands out because it's a funeral and it's a guy in a priest outfit and then it's like wait a second that's the same costume he wore for here kitty kitty that's what i was about to point out yeah which raises raises a question that i never Mm -hmm. wanted to consider did they shoot part of that video at the funeral well all the equipment was there jesus seems like a waste not to use it oh my god so Wow. I don't even know how to move on from some of this stuff. It's so dark. They could have uh, had Carol uh, instead of a Mustang, though. She could have been sort of walking around a hearse instead. It would have been a lot more topical. We find out uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joe Joe likes to go and hang out by this uh, memorial that has been set up. And he talks about how he likes to look up at the sky and, and smoke a cigarette and take pictures of the clouds as they go by. And he says that 
he's seen uh, pictures of perfect angels. Got some perfect angels out there. He's also seen the word high, Mm -hmm. but he does not indicate. Is it spelled H I or H I G H? (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for letting me get through that one time. Thanks for letting me get through that. Anything else you want to steal from me? You slouch. I kind of thought there was a moment that was nice in here when he was talking about the biker club and how he wanted to do it a certain way. And they gave me a little flash of old Joe from episode one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where he was like, yeah. you know, the, I thought a different vision, but the biker club in, and I actually kind of prefer the way they did it. And I was like, well, that's bad. That's the Joe I like. <laughs> Just making a brief appearance in episode five or whatever this is. So we hear that uh, Joe, Joe says that Travis wanted to support him so much in his political career. Oh. He always said, huh? If anybody can get the people in this state to love and respect each other, it would be you. And <laughs> I don't believe that Joe said that or felt that or that Travis felt that at any point during his life. This is this is where Joe completely devolved for me into just a character yeah. that he was playing all the time that is just the worst fucking person in this show. Mm. No, I but- agree. In his defense, he did make a straight man have sex with him. So maybe from Travis's perspective, he could make anybody do anything. Well, define make. I don't know. Don't. Let's not. Let's not get into that. There's a weird story shoehorned in here that I almost want to completely breeze over because it's weird. And I'm wondering if it's in there because it's going to come in later. It's even the way it's wrapped up is so ambiguous that I mm-hmm. did not understand why this would even be in here. This is Jeff and Lauren leaving Vegas. So Jeff says Vegas was crazy and we had a big mansion and big parties and tigers in our house. Uh, but Jeff also says we, uh, sorry, they, Rinky says they talked to a sponsor They talk, and they bought a bus and they were driving people from casino to casino with them playing with cubs while they're doing it. Like a party bus, Saf says. And Jeff says, we thought that this would be a good idea, but we were wrong. That was a big fucking mistake. And that's it. That story just disappears. And I think that's a terrific idea. I love it. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't work. Yeah. It seems like it could have been could have been something big. Um, but again, it's just well, it's a thread left in, seemingly intentionally hanging, and I don't know why. You're being serious? You don't know why that wouldn't work? Well, okay. I think there's obvious reasons why it wouldn't work. Sure. But I think it, it has cool potential to actually work. Like, why would it be well, aside from, you know? Just a reminder, the Cubs are not house trained in any way. And they are on a bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I just, I feel like it, it had actual potential to be a good idea. But then, yeah, like Craig says, it's just like, no, it was a bad idea. Let's move on. Like, wait, wait a second. Wait. What do you mean? Let's move on. But, but you know what? Maybe it's the fact that Jeff Lowe is not the center of the story, and maybe that's just not where the the story of Joe attempting to kill somebody or, or allegedly attempting to kill somebody because he could be innocent. We still don't know um, where it's going. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, and it's easy to put a bow on that little segment and move on. Uh, we end up back at GW Zoo, and good news, gentlemen, Joe's back on the market. Uh, for about 13 seconds yeah he's he's through mourning and is ready to uh, get his dinky stinky again Um, I haven't heard that in about 20 years (laughs) Jesus (laughs) 
what were you wow. doing around uh, 18 uh, it was one of my brother's loser friends that said yeah. that <laughs> well done uh so joe's preparing for his first date uh he oddly stops to point out as he's preparing for his first date that uh he talks he stops to talk about travis uh vis-a-vis a, a cub that he named after travis uh, oh, yeah. well you know, prepping himself up and primping himself for this new, uh, new adventure with uh, Dylan Passage. Mm-hmm. So we do have the details of well, the the bedroom. This is the bedroom, the messy so, bedroom. Yeah, this, with, with this with is getting the into Travis the bedroom shrine and everything. So we see the bedroom, and I have four specific. Uh, sorry, six specific items. Right off the bat, we've got a big hole in the door that was punched in the door. Um, oh, I didn't even cur- notice that. The curtain nice across the room is uh, the curtain across the room is held up with a boot that is sitting on the curtain rod across the yep. top. It's like a sheet. I saw. Thank you. I didn't know why the boot was there. I thought, what a strange spot to put a boot. So but now sh- that you say the sheet that, doesn't fall. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What a shithole. A piece of paper is on the wall with uh, a 12-year-old's bubble writing that says Joe and Travis colored on it. Mm. I'm going to assume that was done by Travis. Uh, no, there, there's there's initial <laughs> – there are initials okay. in the bottom corner that, that – that, uh, oh, boy. It's like some – the last initial I think was M and my suspicion was that well, it was – possibly like Travis's sister or somebody, but I don't even know if he has a sister, but that was kind of where my head went. Look at you two guys, giving these people the benefit of the doubt left and right. I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. You really know. took the lesson from John Finley uh, to stay positive. Good for That's you right. guys. Stay positive. Uh, there's piles of shitty clothes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, unhung picture frames leaning against the wall. Travis's ash box underlined. Ash box. I guess it's where he smoked. No, no. With yeah. a picture on top. So it says Adidas on the side. <laughs> Did it say Adidas on the side? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not ruling it out until you do. It's just how I imagined it. And then we get into this episode's uh, horse cock moment, where we have a full four-minute conversation. About Can this be a segment on the show now? The, H- the HCM? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, this week's except we won't be abbreviating it. Yeah. <laughs> this horse cock moment of the day. <laughs> Brought to you by sponsored Joe's. by Windsor Raceway. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Done. Ty, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's not assume that they're interested until Ty's open negotiations. Um, so he said, I got a Prince Albert down there. And he says, how old, how long have you had it? Oh, hell, 18 years. And I was like, uh, I made a note that next year it'll be eligible to marry Joe. So that was, that was marry his own Prince Albert. Um, yeah, he got that when uh, he got that when Travis was four. Oh, gross, Dan! I never wow, even thought dude. of that. <laughs> oh, wow! Oh my Jesus. god! Well, you know. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Just saying. So, Ty, I'm just saying. Ty, for our uninformed audiences, can you explain what a Prince Albert is? Um, I don't Dan, know, Dan. Okay, so this has been ex- – I haven't looked it up for obvious reasons. Um, I know what it is. But this was explained to me by a, a kind of a strange fellow in high school, uh, and, and it's a pierce that it's goes through – Jesus. <laughs> well, no, it was one of the coaches. He was a Catholic Catholic coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you think Cuomo's pierced nipples through his shirt standout? Try, try looking at a Prince Albert next to a pool. 
That'll stand out. Ned. <laughs> no. oh so I think we can leave it there. <laughs> Maybe I should, but I mean, yeah. it appears through through uh, through your bull nose. The, okay, yeah, I'll take it. Um, I don't know. It appears through the the head of of one's penis. I guess. Okay. Okay. I'm awkward talking about this. This is, <laughs> this is uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Prince Alberts are uncomfortable, I've been told. Uh, Joe, believe, believe it or not, see them padlocks hanging up there? I wear them on the end of my Prince Albert. Which leads us to... Uh, Ty, did you hear that sound? Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> I, no I, I might have heard it. <laughs> it's the first ever Corn Tigers homeschool problem solving. That's right. Your kids are... I'm not going to do the whole thing like this. Um, so all the, kids are, all the kids are homeschooling right now. I thought, uh, you know, parents are really... Uh, looking for things to do with their kids to keep them busy. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a word problem here that you can no, sit. No, I'm checking out of this one. You can sit down. <laughs> you can sit down with your children and figure this out. So guys, uh, I want you guys to play along with me right now. Do you have pencils and paper available? I do a hundred percent. Okay. I'm in. So, so here, here's the problem. It almost plays out like a riddle, but uh, I do have the answer written down at the end. Uh, and you, there is an option to, to email submissions at the end of this as well. Um, at We haven't mentioned it yet. Thecorntigers at gmail.com. Uh, G stands for Giselle. The problem is, here we go. On a wall, there are four nails. Mm-hmm. Each nail can hold a lock and a key. Two nails have locks and keys. One nail has just a key, and there is one completely empty nail. The question, how much metal is hanging from the end of Joe's cock right now? Please draw a picture okay, and, I got e- the- and email it to your teacher by next Friday. Or email it to us at thequarantigers the answer- at gmail.com. Sorry. The answer is two and a quarter per glory hole, which is a, which is two in real numbers. <laughs> Hold on, you. What? Where did the glory holes come from? Oh shit! Sorry, that's a different. Yeah, oh, okay. the door, yeah, yeah. You don't want to tear that up and get rid of it. Different question. Okay, uh, Dan. Since yeah. Ty uh, introduced it and you did such an apt job previously, what is a glory hole? Oh Jesus Christ! I'm going after it. I'm just gonna- <laughs> I don't want this bit, guys. <laughs> this is not my bit. If only Ooh, Travis explain to the folks at home. That's that. a Norm Macdonald bit. Hey Dan, explain to the folks at home. <laughs> <laughs> but you're walking through it. Oh man. So, so you know this, the, the more I'm the on. more I'm thinking about this piercing, the more uncomfortable I'm getting because I'm just thinking about all the various things that are going on in that room and that that can't be sanitary, guys. This is a problem. <laughs> Those padlocks even weren't well kept. That's enough I need to know. They're on but, a yeah, nail on the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Please. <laughs> Back to you, Greg. <laughs> so we do here. Uh, ne- sorry. Next thing up is that uh, Joe's date shows up. A young mm. man named Dylan Passage. Did mm. either of you guys find out mm. how old he, he was at the, this time? I know how old oh, he was. Jesus. I do not. I assume too old for uh, for Joe. Give, but... give me an over under. What do you guys think? Well, give me. I would say he's twenty two. Nineteen. Twenty. I'm going to say twenty six. Okay. Uh, 
Ty is the winner based on prices right rules. He was oh. 21 or 22. You were better with your first answer, uh, Dan. You, you would have been Damn good. Um, but you went over. Yeah. So uh, Ty actually, well, I'm going to give him both showcases. Congratulations. All um, right. Get in <laughs> touch with the people up. from JB's and they will happily. It's 25 four by fours. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a is that a JB's a JB's model a four by four? No, that sounds horrific. Sponsored um, shed. We find out that Joe met Dylan on in a chat room, and uh, oh, I'm not questions. sure where you're venturing into chat rooms. Um, you know, seemingly a month, I think it was after yeah. less than a month after Travis uh, blew his brains out on your facility, and you you know sung emotionally at his uh, at his funeral. He you know, says, there, I, I took I took a guess at the actual chat room uh, subject, and it was young straight dudes looking for meth. That was my <laughs> guess at what the chat room was. I feel you'd do a lot better if you went into a gay chat room. I you bet it so, said, but that's not his mo, right? I bet it said meth. He's up for a but challenge. Meth was crossed out, and he had written love. Like he used the strike through <laughs> font, like just to leave it out there. Oh no, guys, no, sorry, I didn't mean. You know, we're not yeah. basing this on meth. It's based on love. Um, their first date, Joe does all kinds of celebrity flexing and I absolutely love it. He's like, oh yeah, no, let's, let's get in the limo. We're going to go in the limo and, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I just got to do the news thing when we get down there. It'll be real fast. Don't you worry. Do you want to be in the parade? Yeah, let's go in the parade. You can come in the parade. Do you want to ride in the cage with the tigers? Yeah, you go mm-hmm. ahead and ride in the cage with the tigers. You'll be fine. Yeah. He was flexing his tiger dick all over this date and this poor <laughs> kid was gobbling it up and i use that phrase intentionally um we hear uh joe specifically says i met dylan in a chat room it took me a couple of days to talk him into going from going for dinner but this was their first date you can believe what you want to believe about whether things or people are sent to you but we went to dinner and he never went home yeah that's an abduction where i come from (laughs) well to me joe is like Joe's like the gay relationship version of like a meth-laced timeshare presentation. Like you're wow. not getting out of there without yeah. something you <laughs> didn't <Yep>. want. <laughs> I just wanted the free meth sample. <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to come out with all kinds of baggage and something you didn't want that you're stuck with long-term with no way to get out of it other than yeah. put a gun to your temple. Like it's crazy or knock yeah. up a chick. And leave. <laughs> when you combine the fact guy. that he never – he actually used the words never went home yeah. with the previous explanations about how he wouldn't let people leave. Yes. Uh, you know, he wouldn't let Travis leave or, or John leave. That's kind of messed up. I mean, that's pretty dark. I think there's a whole – I mean, even we don't get to – we're just watching the relationships from the outside. I mean, that bedroom is holding a lot more secrets than locks oh, pinned to the wall, God, if you know what dude. I mean. Yeah. I bet there's all kinds of things on those walls. Yeah. Um, Blackmail. <laughs> so here's, here's a quote from Dylan. This is uh, the second – well, the first actual on-camera quote we hear from Dylan. This is how fast this progresses. His energy was just so strong, you know? And when he proposed to me, it was just one of those things I couldn't think about. I just had to go with the flow. It was like my whole life. I just overthink everything. When he proposed, I just said yes. I totally, Joe, I totally agree with Dylan that he clearly didn't think about this. Do you think Joe's got like some kind of hypnotist vibe or something? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I like this. I like this. But yeah. Do you think he's got – maybe he watched a couple YouTube videos and he's hypnotizing young men. Do you, do you know who specifically would be interested in that? 
is Ron Perlman's Hellboy. Oh my goodness! Ah. Yeah, no. He well, would be, good news is he's yeah. just over at the diner outside of the outside of town here, <laughs> with a little smock on, <laughs> holding the coffee pot. Yeah. Um, yeah, this so I, I think one of the creepy there's there's two kind of really creepy things for me is is yes it's my first date since uh since Travis passed away blah 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 and they they cut to Dylan and Joe hugging and making out in the front yard okay that's that's nice the first that's time that's the they first meet interaction person, yeah Jesus Christ after like, talking for three come days on, man. ugh what a creep and then and then when they're in the limo and he uh. The, the the very first thing that Joe says, he's just it's just the way he says, like, are you excited? Are you excited? <laughs> That's good. Dan. And then Dylan, Dylan's, good. Dylan's like, Dylan's like, what? He says, are you excited? Yeah, cool, cool. Just like trying to like, ugh, just, ugh, just really. It's like me. Dad try hard, but he's trying to bone this kid. It's so creepy. Yep. yep. It's so creepy. <laughs> it is impressive the amount of thought he put into it, though. I mean, we got a parade, a limo. This is it. it is. <laughs> You know what? I bet this is he's earlier. All the boxes. It's earlier than he would have wanted, but he's like, I can't waste this parade. Yeah. Every step <laughs> along the way, he flexes yeah. like, oh, oh, do you mind if I just go do this thing? And it's like just this bonkers thing that a normal person would ever do on a date. And it's just to show this guy like, I will, I will, you will get, you know, the keys to this seeming kingdom that this poor kid obviously has no idea what he's really getting into. It's, it's absolute madness. So this kind of ties back Joe. Well, hold on. Two months after Travis uh, dies, they're getting married. They're getting married. He says they invited me to the wedding. Oh, this is Cheryl. Cheryl says they invited me to the wedding. I thought it was going to be a wedding. It was just a cameraman, me and the flower girl. So on social media, everyone would think, well, Travis's mom is fine with it. So everyone else should be too. And then he was done with me and I never heard from him again. And I wrote, fuck Joe Exotic. This is my line. I'm done with this guy. Mm. Like that's, that was, that was my last straw where I'm just like, okay, I'm out like hundred percent. There's no redeeming qualities in this guy. No, he, he has rapidly become one of the worst people in this show. I say one of, because there's lots of bad people in this show. And he's probably the worst person in this (laughs) show. I mean, he hasn't. Murder, as far as we know, he hasn't murdered anybody directly. So there's still he's competing <laughs> with Carol on that plane. <laughs> yeah, let's it, uh, let's not get into the weeds of ranking them. They're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and what we find out though is that because Joe has rediscovered, you know, the joys of companionship, he starts to kind of come around on the political campaign. Joshua says, uh, kind of during the end of the campaign, uh, when I thought we were surging because he started listening to advice, he asked Josh. What are we going to do if we win? Just a complete political stunt from the beginning. And now we get to election day. Um, What we believe, spoiler alert, is the election day of the governorship of Oklahoma. But what we were actually watching is the libertarian primary. No. Oh, you dirty dog. Oh, how upset are you guys? <laughs> you dirty dog. I didn't Netflix? know that was a thing. Yeah, that's Subscription canceled after this. <laughs> you what? jerks. How do they uh, – but that, that does seem very misleading. Joe did not run in the general election. He was not okay. the libertarian candidate. He was not on the ballot. Joe received 18.7% of the 3,558 ballots that were cast Should've in known. the libertarian primary, finishing dead last. The minute he was talking to another candidate in the race, they were standing next to each other speaking. Yep. 
the minute that happened, we should have known that. Yeah, because they're not going to have was, their camps right us. next to each other. So that I is, mean, we're, yeah. What, what was or the, what they should? There wouldn't even bother being in the same room with the guy. I mean, if, a politician's not going to be seen with Joe Exotic unless so he's what, one yeah, of yeah. three running in the Libertarian race. Yeah. What did you <laughs> no, say? That makes what, more sense. What did you say was the number of voters for that uh, that particular race? Joe received six hundred and sixty-four votes out of three thousand five hundred and fifty-eight. So that means that um, Joshua got him in front of six hundred plus people. If if that's if we're to believe that everybody he got him in front of gave him his vote. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's why – I mean you even just look at the events that they showed him at. He was in front of more people. And that's why I kind of mm-hmm. said Josh was completely yeah. delusional. Yeah. But uh, – Now I feel bad. I feel bad because I kind of like Josh. I thought he was a sympathetic character who wanted to do something at least interesting. Maybe it was a resume builder you know, or just an opportunity. He didn't give a shit the, the party. But then the more I see about Josh, the more I wonder. Did you guys notice yeah. he's also missing a couple teeth? Did you notice that? Oh, I did not. I wouldn't have pegged him because I, uh, I thought, oh, he's kind of, you know, a little, little soft character. But uh, I think he might have a little taste for the meth himself. Oh, he likes uh, likes the candy, does he, huh? Interesting. Maybe. Maybe. So, Saf says his governor campaign, uh, get, a, get a load of just this quote and what it means for the potential moving forward in relation to Joe. His governor campaign, I think that's where he lost his path as far as what was the priority. It wasn't about the animals. Everything was falling apart from financial to animal care to employees. So she's saying he's just losing his path now. And everything we know about Zoe Exotic is already crazy. So what does mm. down, destitute, uh, pinned in a corner, nowhere to go? I, f- I feel like we almost got a taste of what this jo- what this version of Joe was going to be before Jeff came in like we talked about last episode, and kind of saved the day for Joe, seemingly temporarily, I guess. Um, we were going to see, uh, you know, the cornered animal of Joe and where this can go. Um, obviously, it goes a bad place or we wouldn't be watching this show. So she kind I of can't believe. Go ahead. They, I can't believe they took the context of this being a, the, the primary for Libertarian you, Party. You know, because, though, because you know why that's important? Because previously I had said that Joe – hit a high note in terms of his fame, thinking at the time that he could have gotten 19% of the vote for the entire governorship. And that was a big deal and he would never be able to hit that high again. But really, he got 660 votes or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was his high. That's pathetic. Yes. I mean, I mean, now we're not even falling from the cliff I thought he was on. We're just falling from he got third in a primary of a party that doesn't even matter. Joe, in the scheme. Joe finished first in one county that was not the county that he lives in. Fascinating. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's – it's it, at least he could have had some pride by falling off of a higher tier. Now, well, so I think in, in – god damn it. I'm defending all the losers today. Uh, in defense of the documentarian, uh, I think that was the best visual representation they had of Joe losing. Have we moved no, that's the documentary? Fair. I mean, they could just mention. What? Did Have we, we met him? We well, we've seen we him. Move? No, sorry. Did we move him into the loser column? No. Well, Ty's been shitting like all over him the whole the whole <laughs> fucking podcast. I'm just saying that's they fair. had to. They somehow have to show Joe lose, and they can't do it in the actual race. I'm just trying to play opposite to your loving everybody, Dan. Well, well everybody's done. so fantastic in your world. WWJFD. What would Jeff Finley do, Ty? This is what I'm saying. He would say, think of the positive. Okay. Sorry. 
Why are you well, so negative, you could, Ty? Just start shitting on some people. It was, then, your, it was your birthday message, okay? <laughs> hey, when's your birthday also? When is that? Is that in May? What are we doing here? May 24th? Uh, not even in the right month. Yeah, it's the 24th. You're right. Wow. Yeah. So this was early, but we wanted to make sure it made it onto a pod. Right. And the amount of time it's going to take to edit this one, it might be the 24th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move into the, the grand finale here. I've only got a few more lines left. This is uh, – all I titled it as was the Netflix cliffhanger. Um, we start to hear uh, from Joshua is talking about Joe's paranoia, finding a listening device on their roof. We hear earlier that uh, Joe thought Alan was a plant there to spy on him. Mm-hmm. We see Jeff talking on the phone during an interview. And like I mentioned, we hear Eric Good say that those calls were coming over and over from federal agents and that Jeff told him he's Joe is going down. We're obviously we about to dive into uh, – do you think – well, it says federal, so I don't think your boy Sheriff Rhodes is going to make an appearance next episode, but he might. So Jeff's got the zoo, but as long as Joe's there, I don't think he feels like he's got the zoo. Sure. It feels to me like Jeff Lowe is responsible for that antenna on the roof. Oh, it looks like an amateur shit job. I don't think the FBI is sticking a big ass antenna on the roof of a metal building like that. If they are, we really need to work on where the tax money is going. (laughs) Well, maybe Um, they had to make it blend in with the decor. You know what I mean? Jeff is talking to the feds. I think Jeff spies on Joe. He collects evidence against Joe. He calls the feds. The feds come in and get Joe out of the building for him. And he doesn't have to even get dirty. I mean, he's invested in an antenna at this point. And then there was that thing earlier where we talked about this as well. Oh, no, I'm blanking on it. An hour and a half ago, I said something that also <laughs> ringed. It is dynamite. <laughs> uh, also rang into this uh, idea that Jeff Lowe is the one taking down Joe. Sure. Yeah. and uh, I, This seems to this play antenna, into that. It just reeks of Jeff Lowe, if you ask me. And then okay. there's him playing on the phone with the feds. Like, I, I can't see the feds calling this clown uh, for, for that info unless he calls them first. There was there was a Jeff uh, quote earlier in the episode that we, we went past where he talks about how him and Alan used to go to the dark parts of the park mm-hmm. to talk about Joe. Dark obviously referring to can't be heard, whether electronically or otherwise. No cameras. If, uh, yeah, no cameras uh, where they could quietly and privately uh, either vent and or conspire against uh, Joe Exotic. So maybe that's what's coming. This is all obviously leading towards the next episode, and uh, we're going to get there. But this is all the info we have for now. Everything else is just pure speculation. (laughs) Speculation is is always for Dan. I'm on the wreck. I I think Jeff threw Joe under the bus. That's my uh, prediction for the upcoming episode. That sounds right, yeah. Yep. So that's a wrap, guys. That's everything. uh, Very detailed for this episode. Let's – the last thing we always cover, winners and losers. Um, Do your winner and and your loser. Dan first. Go ahead. Uh, Oh, big, big old loser, uh, Travis Maldonado, uh, tragically. But I feel bad. I feel bad saying that now. R.I.P. Travis. Thank you. Um, And I think the winner was Carol. You know, I mean, that's she she didn't show up much. And when she did, she had a very sensible point about perfume on shoes. Uh, So, yeah, no, she was. Are you adopting my my reasoning for, uh, you know, you're a winner if you don't show up? 
It's it's a good one. It's a good one. Doc was there, but he, you know, that was a weird birthday party, so he he doesn't sure. get any points for me. Yeah, Mr. Roberts, winners and losers. My loser of the episode is Joshua. I just don't Gosh, like the guy. I just don't <laughs> like and, him. Um, it's, it's not a guy who you're calling a loser. It's <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just it loser. is now. <laughs> We're going with uh, he's a loser. Who I are mean, the assholes and dickheads from this episode? The dude is justifying a partnership <laughs> with Joe Exotic on one of the most watched things this year and trying to make sense of it. And he's looking like a fool doing it. He's a loser. He's a loser oh. of the episode. Uh, this shut up. Uh, this this uh, <laughs> this um, this episode's winner is the state of Oklahoma for dodging a big bullet. <laughs> the system works. The system works. You know, but now you could even update it to specifically be the Libertarian Party of uh, the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. But just generally, little, the state. Listen, there. your pool filter works. Good job, Oklahoma. <laughs> and guys, I know my winner is not going to be popular, uh, but this episode made me turn a corner into a world where I just might like Jeff Lowe. Oh God, he is Ooh, my winner. I can't. He says some you. very sensible things and has some very reasonable oh, observations through here. Um, he's not he's not John Rinky level everyman, but I feel like he's smart enough to recognize that he's part of a crazy fucking world, mm-hmm. and but he can still apply some basic reason to it. Jump down his throat, Dan, anytime here. <laughs> They'll use it mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just waiting for you to shut up so I can shuttle over something. <laughs> My loser mm-hmm. for the episode is also Joshua Dial, but for me it was more because his his whole no. But mine's not, I'm not calling him a loser. I'm not doing ties. Why do you love this guy? I don't understand. I don't love him. I I totally no have no, no. I'm Dan. He seemed oh. like a really nice guy. He seemed like a kid who got caught up, man. <laughs> I think this show has dramatically lowered your standards. <sighs> That's possible. That's possible. Yeah. I spent too much time looking at the wardrobe. Can I can I do my loser guys? Step all over Sorry, my man. RIP. Just give me this. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I thought I was saying it with you, man. I, I didn't mean to do that. <sighs> well, who's your loser, Craig? Tell Joshua us more about Dial Josh. is my loser yeah. of the episode. Uh, I think he got involved in this world. Um, for all the wrong reasons and didn't realize it till after. And he comes out of here with nothing but uh, a resume nobody's going to give a fuck about and PTSD. <laughs> like that's, that's it. He, he and gets still coming back for more. This. Yeah. Jesus. Poor guy. Well, I can't leave now. <laughs> he's pot committed. Do you think, but he's a great guy, guys. He's a do, great do guy. Do you think he got his job back at Walmart after that? Ooh, I think he was question. working at Walmart the whole time this was going on. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Just sitting at the counter, working yeah. on speeches. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I don't have anything else to add. I feel like we had a good point. We can wrap this one yeah. up. How are you feeling? Good? Shut it down. Wonderful. All right, gentlemen, oh, let's jump oh, into the thank Jesus. yous. Jesus is not on my list. Should I add him? <laughs> it's always, yeah. Okay. First, I'd like to thank Jesus, um, no, sorry. Thank yous. First, thank you at the JB's Personal Massages Warehouse. Remember to use cur- coupon code Beef Curtains for 15% off at all JB's and your local Arby's, home of the Bacon and Swiss. Uh, the show is created, written, and produced <laughs> by Craig Laporte, Ty Roberts, and Dan Hurt. It's edited by Ty Roberts, who is uh, under the training and tutelage of one Daniel Hurt. Uh, best Boy Grip is Ty Roberts. Uh, you can always find us 
uh, on any podcast app. We're on seven different platforms now. Uh, you can reach up, out to us at thecorntigers at gmail.com. Remember, the G stands for Giselle. Um, sound effects are, applied, are acquired from Zapsplat, and we have all sorts of music uh, throughout uh, by Kevin McLeod from filmmusic.io. Um, again, please send us an email if you want to chat about anything. Uh, they don't even have to be good. You can just tell us we're awful. Uh, we just like to get an email. It's exciting. Our lives are pretty lame. Uh, so thanks, guys. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for your efforts. Let's do it all again sometime. Night. Bye. Bye. Tiger King, murder, murder, mayhem, the madness. Like I said, this week's episode, well, I didn't say it yet. I'm not happy with any of this so far. Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> All right, mm. go get it. I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm drinking a little, uh, this is a proper 12, which is an Irish whiskey. This is, um, you know, you know, you've heard, have you heard of Conor McGregor, Mr. Roberts? Wait, Ty, did you leave too? Am I here by myself? Dancing in the dark? You assholes. See, I don't appreciate that. You guys just leave, you don't even tell me shit. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Episode 5 of the Quarren Tigers coming at you. Uh, God damn it, I don't have. <laughs> Coming at you like, oh my! Here he comes. <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. Yeah, it might be.